You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. Um, we almost had Jess on for this podcast, but there was a bit of a time zone F up and that didn't happen. So um, we've got Paige with us. She was going to be on the podcast anyway. But we also have Alexa, which is super cool. We've roped her in at the last minute. Hey, guys. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Paige. So this is their first, both of these guys' first time doing one of our podcasts, which is super Podcast exciting. virgins. Podcast yeah, virgins. Breaking the virgin spot. <laughs> So we thought what we do today is we're going to talk about um, PMS, so or premenstrual syndrome. To anyone who doesn't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure everyone's well versed in PMS, both guys and girls by now. Um, so what we're going to do, yeah, is break that down for you guys. Talk about what it is. Talk about the symptoms that are associated with it. Talk about the causes because there's obviously lots of those. Like for so many things, what causes mm. PMS for one person is not necessarily what's going to cause it for the next person. Um, talk about what's normal and what's not, because yeah. obviously, you know, I think there is do, like normal degrees of just premenstrual like symptoms, mm. but then there's like you know obviously premenstrual syndrome and stuff like that where yeah. you can get a bit more and get a bit more extreme. So we're going to break that down and talk about it. And then obviously, what we do from a foodie perspective, um, and where you know testing is useful to look at it. Yeah, yeah, cool, good. cool. All right, well, I'm throwing it to Paige. Break down PMS for us and just give everyone a bit of an overview of what it is and we'll get into some of the symptoms. Yeah, so PMS is like what you mentioned, premenstrual syndrome, um, and it is very common, but that's not to say it's normal. I think those kind of two terms can get a little bit confused sometimes. People think, oh, it's normal to have X, Y, and Z, you know, for couple of weeks of the month every month but it's it's not really normal um so that's I guess we're going to get into that today and talk about what we can do to help manage those symptoms um but yeah it's basically when like leading up to your period you can get symptoms after your period as well depending on the person and again everyone is so individualized um but yeah it's a set of symptoms which we'll go through that basically just make you feel like crap (laughs) Mostly, mostly, um, but it's fluctuations in hormones. So yeah. Um, yeah, rise and fall of things like estrogen and progesterone mainly. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind, kind of it. Of it. Yeah. Like obviously it's it's yeah. complex, but it's sort of not at the same time. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, those, those fluctuations in hormones which cause different symptoms yeah. in different people, and they manifest differently in, in all of us. Like, yeah, we'll all be different. Yeah, here. we'll all be different. And I think yeah. um, it's usually like most people experience PMS, um, you know, in the days leading up to their period. Mm. So obviously, you know, in the follicular phase of our cycle, which is the first half of our cycle, we have estrogen being the more dominant hormone. So it is responsible, obviously, for building up the uterine lining and making this nice, cushy environment. So if a sperm attacks an egg and it... <laughs> attacks I'm going to war! <laughs> Pounces on that egg and bloody just latches on and mm. you get impregnated, um, then obviously you've got a nice uterine wall built up. But if that, if that doesn't happen and you ovulate, you know, around mid-cycle... 
Um, obviously then progesterone becomes a bit more dominant and then the last part of your cycle is known as luteal phase. So mm-hmm. that's usually in, in a in a you know more textbook cycle from roughly sort of days 14, 15 through about days 28 to 32, depending mm-hmm. on your cycle. So typically what we see with PMS is those lead up. So sometimes starting, you know, like, what would, I, what I would say is normal three days before the period, but yeah. what we definitely see more commonly for a lot of women is sometimes any time post-ovulation, PMS symptoms start to kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys agree? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the more um, chronic, I guess, the symptoms are or the more time, you know, that you spent in the lead up to your period feeling like absolute shit um, is probably the more varying degrees of what you've got going on in your body. Mm. So... Some of the symptoms, let's get into those because I feel like this is a pretty um, pretty interesting area and I do have a lot of women that come in and we t- obviously we talk about periods so much in the clinic. Um, it's, mm. it's a big topic. It is mm-hmm. a hallmark of a woman's health, I do think. Yeah. Like I know we, Paige and I did a, um, not a podcast, a um, Instagram live, live yeah. about PMS and it was so well received, which has actually kind of prompted this podcast. Um, but the whole point was, yeah, that... I think the thing we see in clinic is the the like crazy list of symptoms, and mm. one of the things like I definitely have it's always stuck in my mind is one of my clients when I very first started practicing, and she just described the lead up to her period as her being fat shit crazy. And I know she <laughs> listens to our podcast, and I know she'll know who she is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously. You know, sometimes you may not realize it yourself. I think most women are pretty aware of it these days. Like when you talk to them, you know, they either are aware once their period comes that, oh, yeah, that's why I was feeling a bit more emotional or batshit crazy in the way up to my period. Some people it's brought to their attention by their partners. By their partners, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're being a bitch. (laughs) No, I'm not. Like a good PMS diary for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The worst thing a male can say, I feel like, is, are you due for your period? Yeah. Yeah. Is that time of the month again? Yeah, that's just an instant, like, rage onset, I think, for a lot of women. Totally. And I definitely know, like, when I was with my ex-partner, like, like, especially in my 20s, like, when I was sorting my period out, like, I was a fucking train wreck in the week <laughs> leading up to my period like I would just literally like lose my shit I would cry at the drop of the hat don't ever let me drink wine in the lead up to my period yep. it's like a psychotic switch would just flip <laughs> um, I would have some of the most traumatic meltdowns of my life I was ending my relationship I was, <laughs> I was doing all this thing and then I'd get my period and I'd be like what the fuck was all of that about? <laughs> so, I'm normal again. I'm back. Thank God. <laughs> so, so I think like, you know, obviously moods are probably the most common thing that we mm. associate with mm-hmm. um, PMS. So obviously we've talked about being batshit crazy. I've given a very good example of the extremes of that. Yeah. Um, but obviously there are varying degrees of that as well. But obviously coming in with that, I also spend a lot of time asking my clients, and I'm sure that you do as well, Paige, mm. like about um, like other mood-associated symptoms, hey, like anxiety, yeah, depression. Yeah, anxiety, depression. Yeah. Um, like hopelessness is a big one, like feeling like just, yeah, there's, there's nothing that they can do to sort of help themselves feel better. They just feel like, yeah, just kind of in a, in a bit of a rut um, yeah. for a few days and, yeah, just yeah. a bit of a cloud, I guess, mm-hmm. like yeah. Eeyore. 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 <laughs> How good are Winnie the Pooh? I know, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love Winnie the Pooh. Um, I think with um, PMS as well, like some people some people have like such a mild case of it and mm. to the point where they don't realise it's PMS, they just think, well, you know, it's it's normal or it's yeah. everyone sort of goes mm. through this. But then there's people who actually, like leading up to it, they 
they can't go to work or they can't yeah. really yeah. go and socialize. Like it's to the point where like they feel like their quality of life is heavily reduced totally. during that time. Yeah, like so, that PMDD kind PMDD. of picture. Yeah, like the exactly. Morphic disorder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you know that. I was trying yeah. to think of like what is this bloody acronym stand yeah. for again? Premenstrual <laughs> disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's yeah, really true. Right. Like there's there is like the mood stuff we're talking about that, you know, is probably a, definitely not as normal or what we would consider normal, but then yeah. there is the extreme of it, mm-hmm. yeah, where people are not they're kind of that down or that low mood yeah. or that anxious mm-hmm. or that you know, that feeling of helplessness of where they actually yeah, it's actually you know, it's affecting their daily lives. Yeah, yeah. Like there's the stuff that we laugh about, like the being like, crazy and that stuff before that we talked about. And <laughs> yeah. then there's yeah, like what Alexa mentioned, like that real that real yeah. feeling of depression and anxiety that's kind of a bit more um dominant and a bit more yeah, that it affects like that kind of day to day. And yeah, like you said, you kind of isolate yourself socially and um yeah, don't want to do things that you normally would. Um, yeah. Then yeah, there's something kind of a bit it, more. Yeah, it's really hard for some females. Like I think just mm. even us being females and like talking to our peers and stuff, like people really suffer from it. And, yeah. And I don't think they realise that there's there's help. There's ways oh, that you can there's totally. things that you can do to help yourself yeah. and not have to suffer from this like every month. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really good point because I think when we start getting into like the area of PMDD as well, we really start seeing a lot of um women are just offered antidepressants mm-hmm. for that, yeah. um, which I, that actually scares the shit out of me because yeah. you're not, you know, for, <clears throat> for one half of the cycle, you know, you're just this, you know, normal functioning female, um, normal in inverted commas. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. use that word in inverted yeah, commas. Yeah. But <clears throat> and then for the second half of the cycle, for, so for two weeks out of every month, you just feel like absolute shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think then antidepressants are usually the first line thing yeah. that's offered. But I think, yeah. you know, underlying that, it's it's not an, it's a potentially neurological imbalance but underlying that neurological imbalance is a very strong hormonal imbalance totally. liver clearance gut issues yeah. all of that, and that's what we'll get into today yeah. so i don't think antidepressants should be the first line yeah um you all know. the oral contraceptive pill Pill-ly, that's another yeah, yeah. like i mean <laughs> that's, that's that a whole other topic yeah. in itself but i think you're right like i think um those symptoms of the depression and anxiety side of things just get kind of thrown in a basket and said well yes you can have antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds or meds or the pill and it's sort of like well no there's something biochemically going going awry Mm -hmm. that we can not easily fix but there's options like it doesn't have to just be kind of you know you don't have to be lumped in that category there's so much you can do through diet and even mindfulness and meditation and um I think yeah all of those things and we're going to go through them again later but being kinder to yourself as well and knowing that it's okay to feel like that like you're not a bad person or Mm -hmm. you're not any less worthy or anything like that um I think it's important to know too and I think it's interesting too that like all of those things that we've just already just talked about from a mood perspective the other stuff we'll get into but I think the big thing is the moods that's the most common thing people associate with PMS is that knowing that yeah you can go from being how I was telling you guys I was in my early 20s Mm. let's just say batshit crazy (laughs) like literally probably could have been we need to like hashtag that (laughs) yeah for this podcast yeah so to pretty much getting a normal period where you know you don't feel as batshit crazy like Mm. I still know the days leading up to my period that it's coming yeah um definitely Em's got a great story about me losing my shit one day in the lead up to my period (gasps) 
which I'm sure she'd love to um, share with you guys. I'm not going to share it. <laughs> <laughs> but not like, today. there is a massive difference. I would say, you know, 15 years on for me to how I used to feel with the period and how I feel now, and yeah. that's come from you know, like a lot of work, which we'll talk. Yeah, about you've as done well. the work. Done the yeah. work. Yeah, and it, it is. It is you know, completely, I think, reasonable to expect that you can have a somewhat normal period cycle yeah. and not feel like, you know, the world's coming to an end. Yeah, so, absolutely. And it does does take work. Like, you didn't get there overnight. Like, no. it's, it's kind of one of those things and it's like, again, you have to know that you're worth the time and effort to put mm. into that to actually yeah. make the changes yeah. and get the support that you deserve. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just a Band-Aid fix. Yeah, exactly right. We won't go into the pill because we've done podcasts on the pill before and the pill is a topic all on its own. I think all day. I, yeah, we could absolutely be all day. But some of the other um, symptoms that I feel like are big PMSy symptoms for me are um, breast swelling. Mm-hmm. So I always talk to my clients. Like we talk about moods and stuff in the lead up to getting a, in the lead up to getting a period. Oops, oops. Yeah, we're still recording. Thank God for that. <laughs> Don't let the screen black out. So we talk about um, obviously some of the other things in the lead up to getting a period. Um, so breast swelling is a big one. Like I feel mm. like there's there's some pretty key nutrients that are involved with you know hormone clearance and detoxification around these times. And obviously when that's not happening efficiently or effectively, um, <clears throat> you start getting some of these other symptoms as well. So breast swelling is a huge mm. one. Yeah. Um, fibrocystic breasts is another one. So obviously that they can come together or they can come separately. Mm. So, um, you know, I do think like a little bit of breast swelling is normal. Just like I think a little bit of, you know, being a bit of an emo, maybe one to two days before your period is normal. But like, you know, we're talking things that are a bit more like outside of what's expected. So yeah. like if you're getting boobs that are swelling to the point where you can't bloody touch them because they're that sore yeah. or your nipples are super sensitive and sore, all of that, like that's, you know, that to me, I, that's a little bit of a red flag for me when I'm doing a bit of case taking with my clients. Yeah, totally. Um, do you guys, do you want to go through some of the others? I'm yeah. Sure I'm just sitting here rattling away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can get changes in um, your appetite. Like, you know, a lot of women will say they crave more carbohydrates or chocolate is a really big one, <laughs> um, which, yeah, again, um, to a degree is normal. Like yeah. those changes in the blood sugar um Obviously, we'll, yeah, I think we're going to touch on that a bit later as well. But, um, yeah, that's completely normal to a degree, I guess. To a degree, it's sort yeah. of like if you feel like you need to eat a whole um, like a box of Tim Tams after dinner, then maybe not. But, yeah. yeah, to a degree, that's normal to have those changes in appetite and um, cravings. Um, bloating is a really big one that we yeah, see. Yeah, bloating, yeah. Um, and... I feel like fatigue is a big one. Yeah, fatigue's huge. Like, sometimes leading up to the period. I feel like that's what wipes me. Like, and that's not an iron thing for me. I just know, like, so let's just say, like, I'm literally due for my period in four days or five yeah. days now like I'll start feeling tired from now on and I can yeah. feel like I don't have as much to put into my gym workouts yeah. so I just die in the ass yeah my, I remember um, your last cycle like when you just had your previous yeah. one like you were just yeah white I do, like I get totally weird. white yeah. and yeah. yeah which is so much better than how I used to feel but it's still yeah. stuff I'm working on and yeah. I know my triggers for that as well in yeah. terms of what I'm working on so yeah but fatigue is a massive one yeah for, I think for a lot of women like they just yeah. and again it comes even going back into what Alexa was talking about before with the PMDD like 
you know, like fatigue a few days before, probably not to the degree that I get it sometimes, but yeah. you know, I've got some bloody crazy adrenal stuff going on too. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, a little bit to be expected, but again, extreme is not normal, but I have some clients who are again wiped out from that, you know, post ovulatory stage and yeah. they're just pretty much flatlined in mm-hmm. terms of energy up until they get their period, even the first few days of. Yeah. So that's a pretty yeah. big PMSy symptom mm. as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, another one is obviously skin changes that a lot of women go through. So I think, um, and that's really hard because obviously they can't hide that. Yeah. And you know, it's quite in your face. I can hide being a bitch. (laughs) You don't, but. Um, yeah. So I know I love you, so I can say that. (laughs) You're like, you don't. chin as well um so a lot of women will sort of make complaints about that and then after the period they sort of clear up so I think that's another big thing yeah Yeah. and that I think ties back into that whole self-confidence and self-worth around that time of the month Mm -hmm. especially like you already feel not yourself and then you have you know breakouts and things on top of that yeah absolutely. then again that ties into like cravings and wanting to eat kind of maybe not the the wisest choices in food sometimes um so yeah that's all Mm -hmm. part of that too and then you just yeah kind of perpetuates everything else I think Um, while we're on this part of it though like I do spend a fair bit of time like with my clients talking to them like okay yes you know you're going to have increased appetite potential and you're going to feel a bit tired and all of that stuff so all within the reason of you know what I think would be considered okay from a symptom point of view be kind to yourself during mm-hmm. this time. Like eat, totally. eat, like I'm big for intuitive eating. Like yeah. I think like if your body, if you're in tune with your body and I like to think that most of us or all of us in the clinic yeah. are pretty, pretty in tune with what our body needs. I know that I'm, I need to exercise less and eat more in that yeah. week leading up to my period. Like yeah. I am hungrier. I do need more carbohydrates. I just need more food in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. And I think don't restrict that like your body is asking you for something because from a metabolic and a biochemical point of view it needs more give it more and then don't go and flog yourself exercising like I'm definitely like usually the week leading up to my period is when I'll drop my gym um, classes back yeah if I'm tired, I'll just not even finish Do the anything. class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just go out and just move, go for a walk, yeah. get out mm-hmm. in nature. And sometimes for the entire week, if I know I've had a crazy stressful month, because I know stress is the biggest thing that impacts my cycle in terms of my symptoms leading up to it. If I know I've been super busy that month, I know that if I don't look after myself that week before the period, that is when I will potentially be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important, like, with our partners as well, like for me with my partner, I try and like just almost warn him. I'll be like, you know, this is the week that, you know, leading up. You may potentially die. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the firing line. (laughs) It's sort of giving them that, you know, like just be patient with me this week and like allow me to do my thing. And then that sort of takes the pressure off being like, you know, you've got to act perfect. You've got to like try and like be okay with everything. But they sort of understand what you're going through. And then so you don't have to feel like you have to pretend to like be okay when you're just not feeling it. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. So it's good to have that conversation as well with your partner. And I think we're in the day and age now where men need to understand periods as much as women do. Yeah. Maybe not to the absolute degree of what yeah. we actually experience, but I do think, you know, it needs to be an open conversation. Like mm. I know with my previous partner, like it was not something he wanted to know anything about. Like mm-hmm. he was just so grossed out by the whole concept yeah. that women bleed. Yeah. Um, and my partner now, like I just, from the get go, I've just not even allowed that to happen. Like yeah. I'm just very open about it. I just talk about mm-hmm. it. And I think yeah. that's, I think if it takes the pressure off the guys as well, cause you know, Absolutely. like I think if they understand where you're coming from, like, look for this week, I'm probably going to be a bit more emotional. Like I may like just whatever your symptoms are, I may cry at the drop of a hat. I'm a bit more short fused. If yeah. I snap, don't snap back. Just know that I'm just, exactly. I'm, they can understand yeah, what you're yeah. going through, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah. They take a step back and takes the pressure yeah. off the both of you. Just come and give me a hug. And sometimes, like that's the biggest. That's sometimes all I talk about with my clients is that whole, um, like you were mentioning, Krista, intuitive eating and just being kind to yourself. Like sometimes I'll have a client and that we'll spend like whole hour talking about basically all the self care and the mindfulness based stuff. And we won't even get to the food in that first consult. Like, we'll just be like, how can you look after yourself better during that time? And every day, essentially, <laughs> not just during that time, but I think during that time more so because, you know, back in way back when, like anth- anthropology, what's that word? Anthropology. Anyway, I'm not going to. Yeah, that kind of, like in that um, science, women – in groups, like we looked after each other when, mm-hmm. you know, if we say I was menstruating and say I had a baby, like Alexa would help me with my baby and like yeah. you were allowed to rest, like yeah. you were allowed to just rest yeah. and you, you know, you didn't have to cook meals, you didn't have to yeah. you were do nurtured. all the things. Back yeah, to, you were back nurtured. To the whole village thing. Exactly. Right? Like mm. it takes a village. So I think um, that's really important to remember and um, that a lot of women don't have that support these days. Yeah. They're at home. Some of some of them are at home raising children and working. On their own. Yeah. And a lot of the times very tired, adrenally wired, um, yeah. nutrient deficient yeah. with young kids and yeah. also then getting these ebbs and flows of hormones and this enormous amount of pressure on them to just be the perfect housewife, the perfect totally. mother, all of this stuff. And yeah, yeah. I think it's they don't have that community that you yeah. would have ancestrally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you yeah. need to just yeah give yourself a break, I guess. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say, Same. essentially. Yeah, be bloody exactly. kind to yourself. Yeah. If you're tired, rest. If you're hungry, eat. Don't mm. eat maybe a block of chocolate, but eat more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you do need to eat a block of chocolate, then do it. And don't, don't feel guilty don't about, about it. About like, it. you've done it and it, that's life. And, mm. you know, um, yeah, I think... I think there was another train of thought that I had in my mind, it's but gone. it's gone. But I think, no, I think <laughs> what I was trying to say is, you know, we we have a period because essentially every month our body is trying, well, not trying to have a baby, but that's what it's designed for. Like, yeah. you know, whether or not you want to, uh, we have a period to have uh, to have ovulation to have a baby. So I think if you think about it that way, and you're like oh my gosh, my body is amazing because every month I'm essentially, I could potentially make another human being. Like you're Mm. like, oh my gosh, when you look at it from that point of view, Mm. you're like, far out, my body is amazing. And that's why I think we look at it as like your month report card and why Mm. we so, why we love talking about it, I guess, and why we are so passionate about it because it is so important to have that really healthy, regular cycle yeah. um, because essentially your body is wanting to, to make a baby every time you you bleed um, or you have a, you have a cycle um, ovulation. So, um, yeah, if you kind of look at it at that and look at, like, the miracle of what that is in itself, yeah. um, 
I feel like we spend as much time Pretty talking amazing. about hormones with mm. women as we do the gut. Like, for me, I feel like they're mm. as important as oh, each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Think, yeah. So some, some of the other symptoms, obviously, just we'll go over these ones because I feel like we've covered most of them. But I think the other one that some women, it's not as common, but the menstrual migraines and mm-hmm. headaches. So obviously yeah. there's some pretty usually big hormone drivers behind that. Yeah. Um, so if you are someone who does get menstrual migraines, um, there are some things we can do with that as well. Um, and that usually does come down to hormone clearance. It comes down to yeah. specific hormones, namely sometimes estrogen um which yeah so yeah estrogen dominance and the ba- and bowel changes i think is the other mm, one that yeah gonna, yeah so you know sometimes i think a little bit of constipation leading up to a period is normal um yeah. but if you're constipated again like the entire week or you're getting really loose bowels then again not quite so normal yeah yeah, yeah. and especially with that constipation like or diarrhea is not great either, but that constipation, like we definitely want to get on top of that because mm. that's when you're yep. not clearing your hormones, hormones efficiently and then the yeah. gut just, they're getting reabsorbed and then, yeah, yeah. it creates a whole nother. Cool. Well, let's messy. talk about, let's talk about the causes of PMS. So we've talked about the symptoms. Let's talk about causes. So yeah. I straight away love to jump into obviously just hormone imbalances in general. Mm. Um, so we've got some pretty classic, um, like, like, classic pictures that we'll talk about yeah. mm-hmm. um god this is me i'm, I know. I'm just like we're all just like what's that word right? i've been like this for days it's like it's like it's like you have this brain, this brain block and it's like you it's like your mind can see it your brain can think it but your mouth yep. can't articulate yep, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's that time to just take a step back and yep. just let your brain just do totally. it <laughs> Someone else hopefully finish your sentence. Yeah, yeah. that's what I hope for, but it just doesn't happen sometimes. <laughs> um, so obviously I really think even just the balance between the hormones in general. So estrogen and progesterone are big things that I look at with a lot of my clients. Um, you can have an estrogen dominance. You mm. can have an estrogen dominance due to a progesterone deficiency. Yeah. So they're, they're two very, um, like in terms of how they present, um, similar things, mm. but they um, the treatment is different depending on where your progesterone sits. So some women will have great progesterone, but they will just be very estrogen dominant. Yeah. Um, this can have to do with like liver detoxification, genetic reasons, um, detoxification of the gut. Something I do spend a lot of time talking to my clients about is hormone detoxification because mm. for all those ebbs and flows that happen throughout the reproductive cycle, it's not just about hormones moving. It's about the liver clearing them through phase one and phase two, and then the gut clearing them as well. Well. So we like to talk, think of the gut as phase three, yeah. phase three detoxification. Yeah. So you need a good functioning liver, you mm. need a good functioning phase one, good functioning phase two, and you need a good healthy gut to clear hormones efficiently. Yeah. Now tied into that is, this is where I get all nerdy and bloody love it, <laughs> is the genetics behind estrogen and hormone detoxification as well. So there's some pretty strong imbalances that can happen in that area. Um, mm. Sometimes you can treat them from um you know just talking to a person but obviously everyone knows that I freaking love my testing and I love yeah, the Dutch yeah. test so this is if I did suspect it was more a liver clearance or potentially a genetic thing or mm-hmm. estrogen dominance in or with or without a progesterone deficiency I would definitely be probably pushing that someone to do some testing yep. just so we know exactly what we're treating and what parts of the pathways that need um you know the 
the most looking after. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big one. I think um, PCOS, you you were going to chat about that before, so I'm going to lump that one on <laughs> Of course. Loaded um, topic. I guess topic. like a lot of women who suffer from PCOS, um, because, you know, being higher androgens, you might see higher testosterone. Um, they will, it's, I guess it's more like a byproduct of um, getting PMS symptoms. Um, unfortunately, I mean, hate to bring up the pill again, but with PCOS, a lot of women sort of, um, they result to taking the pill because they think that that's the only answer that they can get. Um, however, there's definitely like a lot of ways that you can sort of help someone with PCOS deal with their PMS symptoms every month. So yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so polycystic ovarian syndrome for anyone who doesn't know what peacock PCOS is, but that's obviously something. Yeah, so that's a big, that's another strong hormone imbalance. So where you can have an androgen dominance, you can have an estrogen dominance, you can have an androgen and estrogen dominance, mm-hmm. and you also need to know what your progesterone is doing as well. So yeah. just from a hormonal point of view, these are some of the big drivers of. Um, PMS so when mm-hmm. all that stuff is um, really out of whack that will cause you know the more out of whack it is kind mm. of I feel like the worse your PMS symptoms are yeah so we've got our hormonal drivers we've got um, like liver detoxification and mm. liver clearance of the hormones and we've also got our gut clearance so there yeah. so I think hopefully what we're trying to just make the point of is that when it comes to treating hormones it's not just going oh you've got an estrogen imbalance we'll just treat that or mm-hmm. you've got this we'll just treat that you actually yeah. really have to have to understand like I guess the bio biochemical mechanisms yeah. that are going on and really understand which parts of the pathways are potentially not working yeah. or not working as efficiently as they should be and then that's where you focus on parts or all of it yeah. to try and get you know better better function in hormones yeah and essentially a lot of it is you know inflammation in the body so if someone who has a lot of inflammation in the body they will sort of get these PMS symptoms as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And stress, like stress, is a huge one. I think we're going to touch on that in a yeah, bit. I think but yeah, literally, that's touch um, on it. Especially with that adrenal, like that axis, yeah. the HPA axis, and then you know, essentially our adrenals make progesterone in the first half of our cycle. So if we're not, you know, our adrenals make our um, obviously our stress hormones as well. So if we're, you know stress like ridiculously stressed just because of day-to-day life and I think a lot of that is perceived stress um obviously a lot of it is just everyday stress as well the lives that we lead but so if we're not um you know if our body's kind of in that state of perceived stress it's gonna it's gonna prioritize making cortisol over making progesterone so then like Carissa said with that picture of estrogen dominance you've got all this estrogen floating around in your body but your body is not making progesterone in that especially in that first half of the cycle because it's made from our adrenals like I said um then progesterone's a big one for like it's an anti antidepressants anti-anxiety it's calming it's It's also helps with like fluid retention things like that so obviously that ties into all the bloating and just feeling puffy Mm. (laughs) like a lot of people say I feel puffy yeah when I have Mm. my period or leading up to so um yeah that stress is a huge one as well so and even with stress like it's important to understand that your stress um hormones so your catecholamines they're all processed down the same detox pathways Mm -hmm. that our reproductive hormones are processed down so if you are 
really giving that, you know, detox area a freaking hammering by being running at a million miles an hour, stressed out to the eyeballs, anxious, all of that kind of stuff. Your hormones, the downstream effect of that are sitting underneath that, you know, HPA axis dysregulation or that Mm -hmm. high stress, high cortisol picture is hormones that are then going to struggle. So it's Mm -hmm. like, again, we come back to like, you know, you can't just treat one part of the human body. You have to look at all of this. And this is something we talk about in the clinic with our clients. We're like, okay, cool. You've got hormone stuff going on. Let's talk about all of your hormones. Let's talk about your liver. Let's talk about your gut. Now let's talk about your stress Mm, because this is another huge, huge part of this. So if you are, yeah, like, Again, like super stress, all of that, those detox pathways are just going to be bloody chock-a-block. Mm. Um, and then, again, you, you know, you're going to see those symptoms of PMS because it's just like in that part of the cycle and the lead-up to your period is when, you know, you really need that liver and gut functioning as bloody efficiently as it can. And mm. if it's not, expect backlog. And backlog is PMS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way, essentially, like, yeah. Essentially. So breast swelling for me, like I know there's obviously some key nutrients involved in detoxification, mm-hmm. but breast swelling, I'm like, boom, what's going on with your liver? Yeah. Like, you know, if you've got really, like, honestly, I feel like my boobs are the best. I know they say this all the time. And that lead up to your period when they're just that little bit full, I'm like, why can't you be like that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> You like change your cup size. Yeah, like, like, got my twenty-three-year-old boobs back. <laughs> <laughs> but like a little bit of swelling is normal. But you know, again, that severe swelling, bronchitis, yeah, yeah. soreness, the soreness, yeah, yeah. all of that. Like again, we're looking at liver stuff. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, something that I think a lot of women experience on top of it, and we did touch on this before, but it does have to do with liver as well. But it has a bit to do with your thyroid, thyroid, mm. iodine, um, status, and your estrogen where your estrogen sits is fibrocystic breasts. And I feel like a lot of women have fibrocystic breasts and it's something I know I used to experience again in my 20s. And as soon as I started managing my thyroid better and looking after my thyroid and my estrogen, I do not get those anymore. So there's a big big thing with that. I'm in the lead up for a lot of girls as well that I think they just think that that is normal to have these really crazy, lumpy, sore boobs. Mm -hmm. Um, No. I'm just going to say no to that one. No. Just no. Just no. (laughs) Cool. Have we covered anything else you guys can think of from like causes of PMS? Like we've covered stress. We've like I, I think we've covered the main. Yeah. Mental health it's is a big, big one. one. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh. I was just gonna recap. It's mainly like hormonal regulation, and then I guess like these are the ones that we've listed are some of the causes that cause hormone yeah. regulation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Let's get into what the f we do then. Awesome. I love testing. But aside from testing, because not everyone's going to test, but I do think um, there's a lot we can do from a food perspective and there's a lot we can do from a stress management perspective and there's a lot we can do from just looking after the gut and looking after the liver. So straight up, we're not going to go into telling you guys what supplements you need to take or what herbs you need to take because obviously, again, as I'm sure you guys can get by now and we hopefully have highlighted how complex this area is and how what is someone's driver for estrogen dominance, say for me, for example, is not going to be someone Mm. else's driver for estrogen dominance. So you need to understand what parts of the body or what parts of those systems you want to be treating. But just from a really good, like from a food perspective, like one of the biggest things um, I really talk about for women, and this is again tying into what Alexa was saying from an inflammatory point of view, is the relationship between your cortisol and your insulin and your hormones. Mm. Um, So realistically, that comes back to making sure, you know, from a day-to-day basis, you're not insulin resistant. So insulin resistance is... um, 
you know, something that I think a lot of women or even, even men, but because we're talking about periods, we'll just say women, um, you know, insulin resistance is a, a big issue for a lot of women, I think. And when you, insulin is out of whack and not functioning properly, your cortisol is going to be out of whack. And when those guys are not having a nice synergistic relationship, mm. your estrogen is going to be out of whack and your rest of your hormones are going to be out of whack. And yeah. that's going to affect your thyroid. It's going to affect your metabolism. It's mm. going to affect how you feel. So coming back to that is just making sure you're getting those really nice whole food, macronutrient balanced meals, don't skip breakfast, don't run on coffee till 12 o'clock, like all of those really, you know, simple, simple things that we've talked about far out, I see them make some massive difference for Absolutely. women. Absolutely. And I really want to touch base on carbohydrates. Yes. I think <laughs> women just are so confused about whether to have carbohydrates or not, but getting in like your good quality complex carbohydrates yep. is so important for period health. Like, yeah. Mental health, period health, yeah. cortisol. Like, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's Clearing just... out that excess estrogen if you have that, like that carbohydrates, the fibre and that, it's going to yeah. help that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I've had so many um, clients who I've, you know, they're doing – the intermittent fasting stuff and you know they start the day and they just have coffee and like you said run on coffee till 12 and I've like said if you make one change I want it to be that you eat breakfast yeah. and it has some form of carbohydrate mm, exactly. in it whether it's you know um sweet potato or whether it's like a buckwheat pancake or yeah. oats or you know a smoothie with lots of fruit and some oats in it or whatever it is but there has to be some form of carbohydrate they come back to me in like a week and they say I feel like a different person yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's because your body is needing it. And like um, Alexa said, like carbohydrates help to actually blunt cortisol. So that circulation of cortisol in the body, carbohydrates slow that down. Fat doesn't do that. Protein doesn't do that. Carbohydrates do. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. why we love banging on about yeah, this carbohydrates. so much because they're so important. But I know like how many women like do you treat and you see and you look at their diet and they are eating healthy whole foods but they're just missing that carbohydrate mm. and they're tired. They feel anxious. Yeah. They feel more stressed out and wired all yeah. the time. And you just bring back in carbohydrates at a low dose. Yeah. Not a low dose. It's not a, you know, just a low quantity because usually they're scared of carbohydrates yeah. from, from a weight perspective. But just a small amount, breakfast, lunch, sometimes not even dinner but I try and get them in there yeah and boom you see them in three weeks and they're like I just feel calmer totally right? and that is cortisol behaving better that is insulin behaving better yeah. so yeah and I yeah. think what you were saying before about the coffee in the morning it's you know if they're just having coffee in the morning they are just regulating the cortisol mm. which we you've sort of touched base about how that affects our estrogen and our insulin mm. so well you're yeah. telling your body essentially that you're in fight or flight like yeah. it's like you wake up and you straight away are having caffeine and that signals through your adrenals oh my gosh i'm in danger uh, my life is in danger there's no food around you know and that's setting that's setting <laughs> you up just for the day like, i'm just laughing because i get up and have a coffee like i eat and exercise pretty like i eat pretty much straight away especially when i'm gonna exercise as well but i'm just thinking god my adrenals just all are just like meh what tiger <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's taking the podcast so you'd listen to me yeah. no 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 no. but i'm saying like don't i'm not saying cut True. out coffee i'm just no. saying like try and eat like i'll get my clients to eat before yeah. they have yeah. coffee or if you if you are having like a slow morning and you know you're just sitting around and you're going to a nice yoga class or whatever then sure coffee is yeah. fine to have but if yeah. you're getting up you're having to get your kids ready you're having to get yourself ready you're having sometimes to get your husband ready whatever like <laughs> <laughs> if you're living in my house no 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 um but but love you Andy he won't listen to this um but 
Yeah, if you're waking up and you're running on um, caffeine, then that's, yeah, yeah, setting your adrenals up to basically just, yeah, go haywire for the rest of the day. Yeah, and you just absolutely. feel like a crazy... Yeah. Stress and anxiety yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like something that's interesting to bring in here is the intermittent fasting for women. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Paige does a big eye roll. Um, okay, so I'm just going to, I think we have talked about this in other podcasts or I've talked about it on lives. Intermittent fasting will work for a small subset of women. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying, and this is where it does come down to individuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a subset of women who do do well on intermittent fasting where they have the morning fast, they have a coffee, they metabolically run well doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those women, I'm not saying you can't do that, but there are certain things that I go over with my clients to find out whether or not they fit in. In that subset for a larger majority of women um, who have estrogen and thyroid issues and there is a very good chunk of those out there today just through genetics through our exposure and perceived stress our exposure to xenoestrogens how we detox mm. them like yeah there's a lot of um, thyroid estrogeny women out there yeah um, for varying reasons and for those girls and ladies um, I do not, this is just my experience, so this is completely anecdotal, I do not find intermittent fasting works for these women. I feel like no. the getting up and stu- and missing that morning breakfast, so that metabolic regulator, that cortisol regulator, actually makes them feel worse. They yeah. don't lose weight doing it. They don't feel better doing it. They push themselves to do it. I feel like it's more of a stress. So if you are one of those women who are doing intermittent fasting, for whatever reason in the morning and you feel like potentially you tick an estrogen or thyroid box, um, if you don't want to come and see a nutritionist to discuss it, that's fine. Try flipping it on its head. Have your breakfast, have your lunch, have a light earlier dinner and fast through the evening, Mm -hmm. but please get up and have your bloody breakfast because, you know, it is so freaking necessary for so many women for all the reasons that we've just discussed. Yeah. So I, I talk about this a lot. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I think because it's just there's so much stuff going on in the world of weight loss and fasting and intermittent fasting and the bloody six to 800 calorie Michael Mosley diets and all of that. And Paige <laughs> does another eye roll. I, th- <laughs> I think the thing that annoys me about it the most, I've seen firsthand it really like mess with people's lives. So I think that for me yeah. obviously is a really big red flag. But the other thing is there's no long-term research that intermittent fasting actually mm. works. For men, the re- and the research that is done is exactly. mainly is on, on men. men. And exactly. men it seems to work, but yeah, exactly. they're not so estrogen driven. Yeah, like, exactly. this is the thing. Like they're and, not the ones with the periods. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they're and, like, thank God for yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and the lifestyles that women lead. Like we have so we wear so many hats. Like men, like far out. I'd love to be my husband for a day because I think he thinks about one thing. <laughs> like and that's it. Like like, you know, and he doesn't think like and about the next thing. Like I love him to death, but we have so many things, like even now we're talking, but we're thinking about other things, you yeah. know, and it's sort of like yeah. we do that every day, day in, day out, <laughs> sometimes during the night too. Um, so, yeah, and like Krista said, yes, intermittent fasting does work for a small, very small <laughs> subset of the population, but for most women, yeah. And, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I do agree that it does. Anyways, this. I feel like we're going totally off, Get off my high horse. <laughs> totally off topic, but it's true. So I think like where we were going with that is the importance of eating well-balanced, well-structured meals, not just because nutritionists tell you to do it, yeah. but because for almost every fucking biochemical process in your body to work properly, yeah. you need a well-balanced breakfast, a well-balanced lunch, and you really want cortisol and insulin to function for you and not against you because if those two hormones 
hormones function for you, yeah. cardiovascular disease risk is less. Totally. Hormone function is better. Thyroid function is mm. better. Um, gastrointestinal function and metabolic rate is better. Yeah. So, you know, we're not even you talking. Feel, you just feel happy. You like just you're feel, happy. Yeah. Emotional, emotional well-being is better. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I always say too, like, <laughs> if you don't have breakfast, you're missing out on all this yum food. <laughs> like, Totally. Who, I, yeah. yeah, I just, yeah, you're I missing get, out on yeah. such delicious, I nutritious food. I 100% agree because I, I think, like, we're all foodies. So I do yeah. get there's a lot of women that aren't foodies or people that aren't foodies. Mm. But I do think, like, I spend my whole life thinking about food. Mm. Oh, like, same. Yeah, same. I, like, if you're you know, not a foodie, come see us and we'll teach you how to be one. Like, I can be eating breakfast and already working out yeah. what I'm for lunch and talking about dinner. Yeah. And my partner just looks at me and he's just like, I've never seen anyone who just thinks about food the yeah. way you do. I'm like, food is life, man. It That's is. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Food, food gives us life. But it comes down to as well, like, we are using food as medicine. So it's what yeah. you're talking about, how, like, just incorporating, like, a healthy breakfast changes, like, everything else in the body. That is us using food as medicine. So we really need to, like, focus on that and not discourage ourselves and, like, eliminating foods because – that food is what is going to make us healthy in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. The Restricting other... anything never works long term. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, liver clearance foods are a huge one. So there's heaps mm. you can get into your diet to look after your liver. So obviously the brassica family, the green leafies, mm-hmm. the, you know, the cabbages, the broccolis, the broccolinis, like all mm. of those beautiful green um, veggies have product um have like compounds in them that are mm-hmm. really good for helping the liver detoxic detoxify estrogen which is yeah. super important um you know anything that contains b vitamins like mm-hmm. you know if you're a meat eater like you know meat um eggs if you're not um a meat, whole grains whole grains yeah. bananas guys like but ban- mm-hmm. i'm just i feel like everyone's so bloody scared of carbs no one eats a bloody banana these mm-hmm. days Bananas are just like... You're a are, monkey. You love your bananas. Yeah, I am. I just live on them. <laughs> bananas and eggs. I feel like oh, if they were taken yeah. away from me, I just don't know how There's I would There's no reason to, to <laughs> live. No, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know how I would cope. I am. I do. Like, I just think, like, there's so many foods and we don't even need to call them superfoods. We have so many amazing whole mm-hmm. foods that we have. We live in this freaking awesome country where totally. so much beautiful food like we had an amazing just before we started this podcast we had an amazing conversation about queensland fruit mm. and Paige and i working in fruit shops <laughs> and <laughs> just how lucky we are to you know have this amazing variety of fruit and food and vegetables and fruit and yeah. whole grains at our doorstep so you can get so much from that in that terms nature of, has like packaged up packaged for us into so this beautiful little parcel and just says here you eat this and it's <laughs> going to do this amazing synergistic thing in your yeah. body um, and your body knows what to do with it. Like, it recognizes it. It's like, yeah. oh, that's food. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It's not from a packet. So yeah. I don't know what to do with. Yeah. Um, some other, like, what are some other awesome, you said before, um, when we're um, to do with. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mentioned, well, going back, like, with the um, liver clearance, like, as well as, like, your brassicas, like, mm. your cruciferous vegetables, um, and other things are, like, your spices and your herbs mm. are really good. And I think people forget about incorporating them to their cooking because they just yes. think this little thing doesn't do much, but spices and herbs, like your turmeric, your anti-inflammatories. Garlic, or, ginger. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my All God. of those beautiful spices and herbs do so much, and I think we really need to start incorporating those sort of foods into our diet every day. That's what 
you know, essentially what you're trying mm. to get rid of your PMS. Yeah. Things like parsley, coriander. Absolutely. Like yeah. herbs. Mint, I, all those like her, yeah, herbs. Yeah. Herbs are so amazing yeah. for so many levels. Like they've got amazing antimicrobial, anti or antiviral, antibacterial, you know, yeah. properties. They also have amazing, they're just powerhouses mm-hmm. of nutrients. Yeah. yeah. So great like for any sort of, you know, detoxification things, antioxidant things. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. The list goes on. Absolutely. Liver, kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. Um, but yeah, going for, forward with the omega threes, I think um, as we all know that with the Western diet, we see a lot of, um, I guess, insufficient omega three fatty acids in our diet. So it's really, really important for people to get those omega threes, particularly from our seafood. Our, I guess, the smash diet, which is mm. your your salmon, your mackerel, your anchovies. anchovies. What sardines. else? Sardines and herring. I yep. think those are the fish I've that you sort of want to smash diet. Yeah, it's That's a, it's so a cool. easy little acronym it. for people. <laughs> I've never, I refuse to eat sardines. <laughs> but I, it's something for people <laughs> if they don't really know what sort of seafood to go for. Yeah. Those are the, the fish that you want to really have to get your omega-3s. I see a lot of people who have PMS symptoms and you look at their diet and they are really, really low in their omega-3s. And as soon as they, you know, incorporate those foods their symptoms sort of, you know, heavily reduce. Not to say that's going to happen for everyone, but it's a big contributor. It's a massive mm. thing. Like, yeah. And the thing is too, like I feel like with a few food movements of late, everyone has become very um, omega-6 focused. And that's not saying we don't need omega-6 rich yeah, foods exactly. like our nuts, our seeds, our avocados. Mm-hmm. Like we do need all of those foods, but we need them in balance with omega-3. It's like the ratio. It's the you ratio. want the high omega-3s. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where – and, it's again, it does down get, get down to the nitty-gritty of it and people are like, oh, you know, it's. I feel like I can completely understand why people get confused and throw their hands in the air and they're like, well, I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm. But it's just like – it's just about not restricting stuff but understanding, yeah, like we do need a really uh, – you know, a diet rich in omega-3 fatty acids. We need omega-6s as well, but we need omega-3s. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so that's any more foods or covered antioxidants. So just eat a rainbow basically. Like yeah. eat a nice diverse diet. Look after your gut. Eat foods that nourish your gut. Fiber. Fiber. Like don't fiber forget. Fiber is your friend. Fiber is your friend. <laughs> Fluid is another one. Like just And Absolutely. just movement. Water, like, yeah. Movement. Like I do the three Fs. Of course I love anything, you know. <laughs> she loves any word that starts, starts with, with F. F. <laughs> But I say to my clients too, like some of the biggest things you can do for your body, fitness, fluid, fiber. (laughs) Should we throw another F in? (laughs) It's also important. Fertility. Fertility. (laughs) I was thinking another one. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Don't know how beneficial it is for health. It is. Um, It is. (laughs) Anyway. Especially if you want to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) If you want fertility, you need that other one. (laughs) Oh, if you all didn't know where we were before with that, you do now. <laughs> we got you there. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so that is probably, from a food perspective, all the things. Movement is movement is crucial. Mm-hmm. Like, I spend a lot of time talking to my clients. Like, you don't have to go out and smash yourself with CrossFit or do HIIT sessions. You just have to move. Like, whether that be yoga, whether that be walking, whether that be strength training, whether CrossFit does work for you, mm-hmm. bike riding, yeah. move, though. Dancing. Dance. Put some tunes on yeah. in your car. That's like, uh, yeah, that's me <laughs> that's every day me, driving same. to work. You tag or in my kitchen. Like, yeah, me when too. I'm cooking, I, yeah, I just like, just like my husband's got this awesome speaker and he's always like, have you been 
like listen to music because I'll have out really loud with yeah. like all oh, the poor neighbours. Yeah, I'm like, the same. They love it. They have a concert featuring me every yeah, day of the week I'm when the same. I'm cooking. As soon as I'm cooking, my music is cranked. Mm-hmm. I'm just dancing around. I'm trying to get – I was teaching Zale to headbang the other day. <laughs> I had Rage Against the Machine and I was jumping. She was like jumping with me. <laughs> oh, that's so gorgeous. That's so good. Um, yeah, anything um, that you enjoy counts as moving. Yeah, like that definitely. Makes, that's, you know, yeah. you're moving is, is, is yep. yeah. counted. Stress management. That's the other probably the big one. I think now that you guys hopefully have got a bit of an understanding into why or how stress impacts the cycle and impacts PMS symptoms, mm-hmm. doing what you can to manage stress throughout month to month. Like I get that sometimes there are just going to be weeks where just shit hits the fan, work is crazy, family stuff happens, all of yeah. that. But I think, you know, and this is something we're all working on, like it's not mm-hmm. something that we get get right all no, the time, but not. not taking on more than you can sometimes learning to say no to things which I think is something you know it's a big learning curve for me just mm-hmm. learning to say I'm not doing that I'm, I'm yeah, tired yeah um is a big thing taking time out for yourself mm. another big thing I think I'm definitely working on that one yeah <laughs> anyone else Absolutely. hands up <laughs> two hands up two yeah. hands up <laughs> I think that's that's like everyone though yeah we just we do so much for other people and that's all in good but it's not good when you know you're the one that's suffering and you're being left behind to pick yeah. up everyone else's totally. pieces so yeah. it's okay to say no um you'll feel better yourself and other people will understand yeah 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 and obviously like you know we do talk to like find your time out or your brain detox that works for you mm. like I feel like like you know yoga is great for some people some people really get a lot out of yoga some people get a lot out of mindfulness and meditation like find your thing that allows you to mm. de-stress like whatever totally. that may be whether I know for me like I feel like I benefit most from just getting as far away from humans and suburbia as I yeah. can yeah. as deep into Absolutely. the bush as I can yeah and get I will nature. get into nature and yeah. I know that works for me and I know every week and even sometimes during the week like yesterday for example like I just grabbed Zaley got up early and even though it wasn't like super bush bush but where we went walking with yeah. the dogs that day into, so beautiful yeah into yeah. Ironbark Gully just away from you know mm. into trees and all of that like I feel like that is meditative for yeah. me without like, your phone without <laughs> my phone and yeah. I think people forget yeah. that because we live in the city but we are a part of nature essentially. Yeah. So it's it's always important to go out in nature and reconnect with it. Like it's yeah. the calming effects that it has on yourself is yeah. like you can't have that anywhere else. No, so really reconnect with nature. Yeah. yeah. It's the simple stuff. Hey? Yeah. It's the simple stuff. So yeah, that's PMS. <laughs> <laughs> hope we hope we nailed that for you guys. Yeah. Um yeah, so obviously if I was going to talk about Dutch testing, but obviously if you feel like I'm just going to shamelessly plug plug, <laughs> plug the hormone package that I've got. But honestly, guys, if you feel like any of this has resonated with you or it resonates with someone, you know, I feel mm. like all women at some stage in their life need to work on their hormones mm-hmm. or it's just something that we need to um, understand. Um, I do think, you know, if you feel like there's stuff going on that is a little bit out of your control, then potentially um, testing is the way to go. Or just come and have a, have a chat with one of us and we'll tell yeah. you if what you're experiencing is normal or whether it's not. Yeah. Um, and whether it's something that, you know, you can work on without medical intervention as well, which I think is really important. I think we live in this 
awesome time at the moment in terms of information and testing and there is so much we can do with food as medicine as Alexa was saying there's so much we can do with testing like we just we have this amazing amount of information at our fingertips at the moment and so many resources to be able to treat people from a preventative point of view without people having to take medication so I suggest you bloody utilize that if you want to (laughs) absolutely so usual spiel um if you love us share the podcast if you don't just don't listen to it that's okay maybe we're just not forgive you you. um yeah subscribe in itunes share the podcast send us any questions that you have um via direct message or you know you know leave us five star rating all the usual jazz that jess says that she's got down packed that i can't remember yeah cool DM us if you have any questions. questions. Hormones package, if you think it's something you want or you just want to ask any questions, get in contact with any of us. Um, Or email us at reception at jessicacox.com.au. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. So, okay. Thanks, Paige and Alexa, my little podcast Thank virgin. You. Yes, cherry sir. popped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will come to you guys again in a fortnight with something else that we feel like bloody talking about. Mm. Sounds good. Woo. See you guys. See ya. Bye.